You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. It's great to see you this morning. It's great to see such participation in the, this morning with just everybody's prayers and thoughts and, and uh, concerns, obviously, for the persecuted church and then just taking time to greet each other and and wish each other the best and and all that kind of stuff. Thanks, Tyler, for for praying for me and for us to receive what the Lord would have for us uh, this morning. And uh, I'm always excited about that. I always like to premise it with, you know, um, I'm going to say a lot of things and I just hope that the Lord will breathe uh, something of what I say into your hearts. And uh, that's, that's always... Uh, my goal when I'm preparing for Sunday mornings or whatever it might or whatever else that might be going on, and so over the you know the past three weeks or so, we have been looking at uh, the Holy Spirit, at Holy Spirit, and uh, Tyler brought to our attention that that when we come into contact with Holy Spirit, we should uh, be different because when you plug yourself into the power source. Um, something happens, you can't possibly stay the same. Holy Spirit changes our lives when we are walking with Him and when we are plugged in to to what He has for us. Um, he also shared last week the, the gifts of the Spirit and kind of, uh, you know, in a nutshell, basically said, the gifts are not something that we earn, but they are freely given. And that is such an incredible reality for us that we can just freely walk in those gifts that God has for us. Hannah, a few weeks back, shared about um, just, I guess, had us look at Holy Spirit and how He leads us into all truth. And uh, I love Holy Spirit. I really do. And we would be absolutely lost without Holy Spirit. I, I, I sometimes wonder if we actually really, really understand the beauty of Holy Spirit operating in our lives. We could not accomplish one single thing without Him. And yet I sometimes feel like we don't give Holy Spirit the credit or the place that He needs in our lives. How many times do we go about life just striving and trying to do it on our own. And um, I've been there a lot. <laughs> and uh, daily I, I say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I, I, can't, I can't do what you've called me to do without you leading me and guiding me and directing me. And, and so Hannah you know, explained to us as well with lots of other great things, just that he's not this external force, but he's a person. And... Uh, and I'm just, yeah, as I said, I'm already so thankful for, for Holy Spirit. This week, we're going to continue on that theme. That's sort of the theme of this month. You know, the, in September, we talked about renewing our relationship with Jesus and how that is, at the end of the day, it all boils down to just our walk with, with Christ. Then in uh, the October, I guess, we talked, we talked about the mission and, and just loving people and, uh, and how we love the invisible, how we love God is by loving the visible people. And uh, I'm all for that. I love the, the real 
basics of our Christian faith of just loving God and loving people. I mean, it, it just boils down to that. It's so simple at times. Um, this week we're going to yeah, continue to look at Holy Spirit. And, and by this week we're going to look at how He is our source for, for leaving a mark in the kingdom. And I believe every, everyone wants to leave their mark in life. We all, we all want to leave our fingerprint on things that we're doing for Jesus. And, uh, and I think everybody will. I think everybody will leave some sort of mark in life. But I want to leave a mark for the kingdom. That's, that's truly my desire in life, is to leave a mark for the kingdom. I'm not very proud of this, this story that I'm about to share. And I think I've only told it to youth in the past, but today I'm going to tell it to the adults. Um, oh, boy. Oh. I, when I was 12 or 13 years old, somewhere right around there, it was we had just moved to the Northwest Territories, which is northern Canada. And uh, at that time, my parents... Um, were missionaries for the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada up there. And so um, they moved us from, obviously, from England to Edmonton, Alberta, and then four years later up to the Northwest Territories. My brother, oldest brother, was very not happy about that. Um, and myself, I was just co- sort of going along for the ride, sort of like my kids are now with us coming here, just going along for the ride, just following mom and dad. And uh, anyways... Um, we got to this new community, and one evening after church, uh, I kind of got caught up with the wrong crowd uh, very quickly as we moved to the Northwest Territories. And so um, my friends, mom and dad, were out of town for the weekend, um, and so we decided to head over to their place for, for just for the night. And it was Sunday after church in the evening. And uh, one of my friends, we were just up in a room, just chit-chatting, and kind of everybody was all over the place, and, and I uh, got asked if I wanted to have a cigarette. And so I, I thought, well, why not? I mean, some of the other guys are doing it, I'll give it a shot, see what happens. And so, um, so I did. And so we're sitting on the edge of this bed, and uh, smoking away, and obviously choking, and coughing, and thinking this is horrible, but at the same time, just, just, just doing life with other people, you know? And uh, I guess my lips got a little bit wet or moist or something, and so when I went to pull the cigarette out at one point, um, what happened was the cigarette stayed in my mouth, but the cherry on the end of the cigarette came off and burnt my fingers, which isn't very fun. But what was worse was that that cherry fell on the bed. And so... In my uh, inexperience, I decided that, well, I had some experience. I knew fire was hot, but I also knew that if I picked it up, yeah, it would burn me, but I didn't know if I just flicked it away that it could do something else. And so, I'm not proud of this, okay? I, I mean, it's kind of a, a humorous story now. It was, I'm not proud of this, but... So, I... Um, did that, and quickly we just all went downstairs, just sort of like, didn't see what happened, everything was fine. Well, a few more, uh, you know, about 10 or 15 minutes later, we're all downstairs, and all of a sudden there's smoke starts coming down the stairs. And um, 
that was not a good scene. And my, my oldest, one of my brothers was there and a couple of his friends and they start like, what's going on? And they're getting buckets up the stairs and we're trying to like find this fire and, but it was just smoldering in the mattress. And so at the end of it all, my brother found a fire extinguisher and we sprayed it a little bit and we thought everything was good. The, the, the smoke was gone and there we were. And so we said to our friend Shauna, um, should we take the mattress out tonight? Like maybe just put it outside because you're meant to be staying at your grandma's and and like what if? And she's like, no, we, we so can't do that. My mom and my, like, she'll freak out. We can't do this. And so we said, okay, we won't do that. But she decided to open up all the windows to air the place out. Yeah, so there's the inexperience. Uh, and true story, the next day I'm at the local bakery downtown in our small town of 3,200 people. And this young guy, I still remember everything so vividly. Steve Norn came up to me and he said, Julian, you'll never believe. Last night in, a, they called it Disneyland because all the houses were the same style of housing, houses. And he said, a house burnt down in Disneyland. And I said, I said, like, really? Like, just sort of like, wow. And I, fo- I, I didn't phone my brother. I probably got on my bike and rode as fast as I could to my house because we didn't have phones. And uh, all the old days, hey, you know? And anyways, we, I, I got my brother and his friend and we started walking down the road and we said, Would, like, I hope Steve was totally lying to us. And we walk around the corner and there's the shell of a house. That's it. And so we went immediately home and obviously did not tell my parents. And so the stories told that at first they thought that it was possibly an electrical fire. But my, one of my friends, a bit older than me, decided to, to tell, which I'm really glad he did. Um, that night my dad came home. That wasn't good. And then, and then the police came over. That also wasn't good. And then we had to go to the police station, and that wasn't fun either. And, uh, and I, I just remember that moment in life so clearly. And I'll never forget it. And for years and years and years, I walked around in such shame. I really did. It was just like, over the years, the family forgave me, and life went on, and the rest is history. And actually, just before I moved south, well, yeah, so like quite some time ago now, there, there was definitely this, like, I was still in relationship with the, the family that, you know, that I burnt their house down. And, and, um, and they totally forgave me over the years. We, you know, I, I share that story because it's, it's obviously, it, it, it's just kind of an interesting story to hear about the guy that you brought from, Canada to come and serve your church. I didn't put that in my resume, nor did I tell Tyler. But now I'm here. You can kind of just, you know, talk about all your stuff, right? And just, and everything will be okay. So this was definitely a a weak moment in my life. Um, A moment that I say, like I say, I don't, I don't particularly want to remember it, but it's, I won't ever forget it. What we need to ask ourselves this morning is, what kind of mark will, will we leave? 
or, or, or maybe, 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 maybe the better question to ask ourselves this morning is whether or not the mark we're leaving is advancing the cause of Christ. That, I think, is when we, we share that story and bring it all back to um, what matters is will the mark that we're leaving advance the cause of Christ. And this morning it's important for us to truly get that the purpose of Holy Spirit coming was and is to advance the cause of Christ. And in John 16, verse 14, Jesus is speaking. And uh, there's a number of verses that I will touch on this week. And to be honest, this week in my preparation, I was all over the place. Um, so that might come out this morning, but we'll see. Um, John 16, 14 says, He will bring, so He, Holy Spirit, Jesus speaking, He will bring glory to me. The role of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit's one responsibility is to empower us to make Christ known. As I said earlier, we need Holy Spirit. We cannot do one single thing that's going to last in eternity by just doing it on our own. And there's other scriptures that speak to that. The thing is, is what we need to remember is that this is not something that we want to um, realize that, yeah, I want to leave my mark. And so we just go through life and one day somebody says a bunch of nice things about us. You know, our epitaph, and maybe there's something that's on that epitaph that will say, you know, like he loved people and he loved God, or, or she was such an example of how to follow Jesus, or they, they were such an amazing couple, and how, you know, there's so many different things that we put on, or potentially could put on our epitaph at one point, or at the end of our days on this earth. But I think what's really important is that we, that we recognize that we want to be leaving a mark for the kingdom Today, we want to be leaving a mark for the kingdom this week. We want to be leaving a mark for the kingdom this month. We want to be leaving a mark for the kingdom this year. We want to make sure that we're, that we're constantly pursuing Holy Spirit so that we can be doing this daily. So it doesn't become just something that at the end of our lives we're remembered for this one thing that was really amazing, but that we're remembered for all of these things of how we allowed Holy Spirit to empower us and use us to advance the kingdom, to advance the cause of Christ, to do what God has called us to do. Throughout the scriptures we read of many that left a mark for the kingdom. And, uh, and I decided years ago that, that I wanted to do the same. I don't always know how that's going to look. I, honestly, England was a dream in our hearts to come and be a part of your lives and the lives of those in Brighton and Burgess Hill and surrounding area. And lots of people say to me, why are you here? Why did you come? And, uh, and you know, at first I was like, oh, you know, it's a cool place. But then it, as I began to think about it, I was like, this is an opportunity to share. And I said, I, 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 I'm here because I really believe that Christ called us to be here because I care about the people in England and and then you know it changes that sometimes they get uncomfortable with that answer and sometimes they're like okay that's cool and so on and so forth but I decided I want to make my life count and I believe every single one of us wants to make our life count we don't want to just coast, coast through life and and just simply exist we want to make our lives count and so um 
you know, I've thought maybe maybe what I do won't be recorded as like those that went before me that are written down in the scriptures. Uh, th- that may not happen. They may not, you know, uh, add me to the scriptures. That probably won't happen. But and maybe maybe there will be ro- books written about me one day. Maybe there won't be books written about me one day. I actually don't really care what happens in regards to that. But I do want one thing. I want. Jesus to be aware. I want God to be aware of what I'm doing. I want him to, to see that I'm all in for the kingdom and, and, and pursuing him. You know, God is aware of what we're doing. He is. You know, a real sobering passage for me that, that I've read over the years and I, I always keep in, in my heart is, James 14, 17, and it says, Anyone then who does or who knows what he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. You know, that one just rattles me. Because so often it's like, ah, you know, I just, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm doing all right. But when we know that we ought to do something and we just choose not to, I think it grieves, I think it grieves God. In today's culture, I believe people will follow you um, as you follow Christ. Not because you um, go to church on a Sunday morning, but because you live differently. And I'm going to go back to that in a second. This week, I was in Brighton and I got my hair cut. Because I wanted to look my best for you this morning as I share. And um, also for Kyla. But I... Uh, <laughs> Chris and I, when we were walking around Brighton this past, uh, last week, we were handing out the flyers for God is Love, and we went into this one barber shop, and we met this one guy, and so we chit-chatted with him for a while, and, and he shared just um, how he actually grew up in the church, and uh, his dad's a vicar in a community um, here in England, and, um, and so he was just sharing that sort of stuff, and so when I went back to see him and see how he was doing, just to kind of like hang out, and uh, my hair was long, I thought, hey, um, this is a great opportunity to keep chatting and, and, and just share. So he began to ask me a lot of questions, and um, wh- I think the real basic question, um, or I guess the, the main question that he was asking me, and, and in different words, he said, what is your philosophy of ministry? He used different wording, but that's basically what he asked. And I said, in a nutshell, it's about relationship to me. It's about relationship. And um, so we talked about a bunch of things, and I just said, like, it's about doing life with people. It's, it's about journeying with people from all walks of life and letting them know what matters to you through action and word. It's just about doing life with people. It's not about, like I said, going to church on a Sunday morning, though that's a really important part of our journey. Um, but it's about living differently and, and, and making sure that people see that we are living differently. And, 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 and I don't mean living perfectly, but living differently. And I believe living different today is truly exemplified when we live the fruit of the Spirit. When I was, was asked, what is my philosophy of ministry? I see it as being summed up in the fruit of the Spirit. And how we live 
uh, each one of these makes a real difference as we do life with people. Living the fruit of the Spirit speaks volumes to our character. And personally, I believe that, that these fruits should be operating healthily in our lives so that when we move in the gifts of the Spirit, there is weight to what we are saying. Does that make sense? I think we've talked about the gifts of the Spirit last week and we talk about the fruit of the Spirit this week and the gifts are something that are earned but we can make a mess of the gifts if we are not submitted to the process of growing fruit in our lives. If you have, if God gives you a gift of speaking a prophetic word into somebody as Tyler gave an example of the week before and he was still lacking in fruit of the Spirit <laughs> He wasn't able to do what God called him to do in love. Remember how the, the pastor had spoke to him just very briefly afterwards and said, I don't receive that word because it wasn't spoken in love. It was somewhat, and I'm, I'm picking on Tyler, but he, he grew in this, in this lesson, but it wasn't spoken in love. It was more spoken in judgment, probably not on purpose, Probably not on, oh, I want to like hammer down on these people, but because he felt that word and there was some immature, there was some immaturity in his life. And, and God gives us gifts. And sometimes we can operate in gifts without the maturity. And the maturity comes when we begin to allow ourselves to, to, to stay in tune with what God has and, and, and walking in the fruit of the Spirit, which is something that I believe we have a responsibility to develop in our lives. The gifts are freely given. Bam, here you go. Operate in that. But the fruit of the Spirit is something that we have to, I, I think, in, I mean, not that you don't practice in a sense or uh, grow in your the ministry of the um, gifts of the Spirit. I think you obviously grow in that as well, just to kind of, just in case that was missed but in the fruit of the spirit there is this element of where we embrace that and we go these are the things that are important and this is how I can leave a mark for the kingdom by living these nine fruit in people's lives Galatians 5 22 to 23 says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such things there is no such law and then in verse 25 it says since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit so in other words as followers of christ staying in step with the spirit is how the fruit are truly expressed in us enabling us to leave a mark in the kingdom this morning I don't have time to do justice to each one of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, but we are going to go through them together. And uh, I'm just going to try and take a little bit from each one and see how we can sort of take maybe some of the examples that I'm giving and, and apply them into our own lives in the way that we feel will work for our individual lives. So love, you know, love it has so many um, different uh, definitions essentially today. You know, we say, I love pizza. We say, I love my kids. And then we sing a song on a Sunday morning that says, I love you, Jesus, right? I love you, Lord. And, and uh, I either really love pizza or I don't really like my kids. Like it's just, 
you know, there's, there's so many different definitions for it. And um, similarly, in the Greek, there were some different meanings for the word love. And in this particular passage, passage the word love, he, uh, Paul uses, or Jesus uses, is the, the agape love, or Paul uses the word agape love. This was the unconditional love. The love that Jesus displayed to all of us by laying his, down, his life down for us. This love is a caring for and seeking the highest good of another person without motive or personal gain. Ephesians 5.2 says, And walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. That's a pretty crazy love to live without Holy Spirit. And actually, we can't even come close to living these nine fruit without Holy Spirit. You can try and do it the best you can. You can force it out of yourself. It just, it, it's not possible. You need Holy Spirit. I love the actions of Jesus in the story of the woman that was caught in adultery in John 8. And uh, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees drag her and throw her at Jesus' feet. You know, to see what he's going to do. And, you know, obviously summing it up, he says, If anyone is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And then the, fall, the stones all fall. And Jesus says, Where are they? Right? Because her head was down. And he says, Where are they? And they're gone. And he says, I don't condemn you either. Go now and live your life of sin. What a, a beautiful display of love. No judgment. No condemning. Just pure love. Just this element of embracing her, accepting her. And then she knew what she needed to do. You know, one of the things that Kyla has said so many times, and, and I think others would completely agree, is that when she gave her life to Jesus, people didn't have to tell her what she needed to do. Holy Spirit began to work in her life. And I think as we, we reach out into the community of Brighton and reaching Kemp Town and, and those that are far from God, we don't have to point out what's going on in their lives. What we have to do is just love as Jesus loved this woman that was caught in adultery. No judgment, no condemnation, just embracing and accepting and walking with people. That is what love is all about. And I think in so many ways, every day we need to remind ourselves that's the love that we need to walk in today. Joy. The next fruit is joy. The feeling of gladness based on the love, grace, blessings, promises, and nearness of God that belongs to those who belong to God. You know, and I realize that we all have our bad days and none of us are immune to hardships and misfortune. But I believe followers of Jesus should be the most joyful people in the world. And by joy, I, I don't mean happiness. Happiness is an emotion that is dependent on positive circumstances or situations. But I mean a true joy that's discovered in God. That is just based on who He is. I, I taught a program in Canada at at a middle school, which is like uh, year eight, year seven. And um, 
was called Heroes, and I taught it for about six years, and Kyla taught it with me, and uh, for not as long, but taught it with me as well. And one of the compliments that I received, not like all the time, but often, was you're such a joyful person. And, and like I said already, life happens, things happen, there's struggles, there's difficulties, there's stuff that goes on in our lives. And yet, I always made a point when I was there or just going out in my, in my community, not that I'd leave all my like madness and bitterness for at home, but I would always make a point of like, as I, as I was a part of my community that I would, that I would just not allow those situations or circumstances to hinder the joy, that, the, the real joy in my life. And, uh, and it was, it was visible and people noticed it. And I don't thank myself for that. I thank the Lord for giving me the strength to be able to do those things. Psalm 1611 says, in your presence is fullness of joy. You know, I remember working at a really horrible place once, and um, it wasn't that horrible. It just wasn't what I wanted to be doing at that season of my life. And uh, I remember that verse, and it held me through that time, because I just thought, there can be joy in this if I'm walking in His presence. So if I'm not... So I need to embrace His presence, and I need to... If His presence isn't with me, I need to ask myself where I left it kind of thing because I want him to be walking with me and there's joy in that the next one was peace the quietness of heart and mind based on the knowledge that all is well between the believer and his or her heavenly father peace is not the absence of conflict but the insurance or the assurance not insurance the assurance of who he is Isaiah 9 6 says his name is Prince of Peace. In Isaiah 26, 3, it says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord is rock, the rock eternal. We have some friends right now that are going through some many, many horrible things right now. And some of it, it was brought on, um, on themselves, and uh, some of it, not so much. But through this, we have seen them just come to that place where there's this peace because they are just trusting God to get them through that. And, um, and I tell you, they would be done if it wasn't for... God and their friends and the people that have come around them. I mean, there's just no possible way that they could manage what's taking place in their lives. And, uh, but they just have this real peace that God's going to get through them. And I know that through this journey, I know they're going to be able to, um, look back at this and use this time to really be to use this time as a, as a powerful witness of how faithful and how good God is and how he brought them through this time. There's just this peace and trust in God. The next gift is patience. Endurance, long-suffering, being slow to anger and to despair. Ephesians 4.2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. This one always is tested in my life. 
Um, there's so many different examples, but recently I've been uh, helping out in Brighton um, with this breakfast and lunch thing that happens. And uh, the other day I had one individual start complaining about how I was buttering the toast um, and the amount that I was using and my technique. And, and so <laughs> the <laughs> I just kept my head down. But I, um, I, it was a very, very interesting time. But it wasn't like I was, he wanted a lot of butter. Yeah. And I, I just kind of put on what I think is sufficient. Um, what I would probably do for my kids or for myself. And that's sort of what I said. I, I just do kind of what I would do for myself. And, and, uh, anyways, it was this moment when, I know I could have easily lost it. Like just, you could just feel, you could just feel it rising. And I was like, no, I'm not going there. And uh, so constantly, you know, patience is something that, that we need to be working on. But the scriptures tell us, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Be patient bearing with one another. Jesus was so patient. And Jesus has been so patient with me. Um, kindness, not wanting to hurt anyone or cause them pain. Kindness. This, this one is, is probably my favorite. I love the scripture in Romans 2 4. It says, It's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. I love that. I love that passage, that scripture. And I, I think this one is the one that you can really find so many different areas to be kind. It's almost like the easiest one if you allow yourself to just go with the process. Just, you know, if you're a, if you're a creature of habit, maybe just constantly going to the same places over and over, you could always be kind and make a, a, a point of not flattery, but just kindness. Just being there, encouraging someone, holding the door open for someone. Just, you guys can, you know, fill in the blanks. But kindness, kindness is something that I, that the scriptures tell us leads to repentance. If you can be kind to people, something happens in their lives. So moving along really quickly because I know our time is over. Goodness, zeal for truth and righteousness and a hatred of evil. This can be expressed in acts of kindness or rebuking and correcting evil. Romans 12, 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And today we know that there are horrific evils that are going on in our world. And I'm not going to go into the, all of them. I have them listed or some of them listed. But we can, we can make a difference by simply saying, Yes, I'm going to help out in this one thing. Whatever that might look. And uh, I don't remember who said this, but... Somebody once said, evil triumphs when good people do nothing. And it's such a, a beautiful quote. Just like the Bible. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Faithfulness. Firm and unswerving loyalty to a person or thing to whom one is in united by promise, commitment, trustworthiness, and honesty. Proverbs 3.3 3 says... Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. We have some friends that opened up. Uh, we, we partnered with them opening up a skate in BMX Park. Long story short, 
they have been so faithful to this cause. And, uh, and the, the witness that that has been in our community of giving literally, without going into details because we're now podcasting our messages, literally giving everything to this cause. And not once have they, they've struggled, it hasn't been easy, they've wanted to quit, quit at times, but they haven't and they've just been faithful to this cause, to loving the young people of that community. They just have not allowed themselves to give up. They've been faithful. And um, I think it just speaks so much volumes when we can be faithful uh, in our relationships with people. Gentleness. Often we, we think gentleness is weakness. But gentleness is restraint coupled with strength and courage, power under control, submitted strength. Jesus in Luke, Luke 22, when he was being arrested, showed power under control. He says, no more of this, and heals the man, and then they seize him. Right? Remember the, the disciples wanted to attack these people that were going to seize him, and one of them goes to cut off his ear. And, um, and, and I think he probably wasn't necessarily trying to cut off his ear. I think he was trying to decapitate him, because I don't think he would go like this. But you would go like this, and the dude ducked and got his ear, right? Just a thought. But Jesus healed him, but he said, no more of this. Jesus could have easily, easily could have just done things differently. But he didn't. He just allowed this process to happen. The guard, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. Anyways, he could have easily done so much more and he didn't. I want to get done. Self-control, mastering one's own desires and passions. 1 Corinthians 6 and 12 says, Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. And Luke 22, 42 says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Everything that Jesus did or didn't do was through the filter of the Father. When tempted in the, des- in the desert, in the desert, hungry, um, in the desert, Jesus kept his gaze on the Father. When he could have called an entire host of angels in his last hours to save himself from death, he submitted himself to the purposes of the Father. And then Hebrews 4 and 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. And I think the the beauty of this passage of self-control is that it's possible to be in control. Allowing Holy Spirit to control, but to be in control of ourselves, not allowing ourselves to to be tempted and not well we might be tempted but not to give in to that temptation self-control Tom you were leading this morning right do you mind coming up for a second we'll just end just if you could play the guitar for a moment Um, self-control and I know I've had to go through this really really quickly near the end was one of those ones where I was like, how do I shorten this? And I have a 
problem with shortening what I'm about to say. But the point this morning that I really want us to, to hear is that My desire for all of us, and as I said already, I'm sure your desire is to leave your mark for the kingdom of God. And I believe that it happens when we submit ourselves to living out the fruit of the Spirit. It obviously can happen in so many other ways. But I think when we live the, the nine fruit of the Spirit... I really believe that people will take notice. I really believe that that will be something that people recognize in us. And that will be something that draws them to us when we're able to live this. And, and so sometimes we go, I'm gonna, I'm good at these ones, but I'm not good at those ones. Ah, it's just my personality. I'm all, I'm always gonna be that way. Uh, or, you, you know, you don't know my upbringing. This is just how it is. I'm this nationality or that nationality or, you know, we, we have all of the different things that go on in our lives. You don't know how frustrating it is to daily go to a place of work that you don't like. Well, that's a great opportunity to go, who am I working for? Am I working for this guy that pays me or am I working for Jesus am I working unto the Lord in everything that I'm doing you know there's there's a lot of different excuses but I think at the end of the day when we when we live these nine we will make a difference so let's just stand this morning thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church one church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.